0: That. It's not just prayer Sunday, but it's also join a group Sunday. What a wonderful, wonderful day at church. You know, pastors Tim and Rhonda, they are actually, they're in Mexico City. They're in Mexico City. They are uh, doing missions work right now with Dr. Sama and Connie Sadek. They went down there, they are doing ministry. They've been doing tons of ministry down there. And so I got the honor and privilege of preaching today. And let me, let me let you know that today is the start of our Vision Sundays here at church. This is Join a Group Sunday. Also, we're praying for We pray today as well, which is an awesome day today. Next week is Join the Church Sunday. Then the Sunday after that is Join a Team. And then the Sunday after that, is Thank You Sunday. And Thank You Sunday is where we take the whole day. We not we thank you for serving. We thank God for what he's done, and we're praying, we're thankful for what he's going to do in the future. It's a powerful day at church. But today is Join a Group Sunday. <laughs> I have an f- interesting title to a message, The Real Ones Join a Group. The Real Ones Join a Group. A group. And let me just start off by saying this. The qualities of relationships or friendships can vary from person to person, but there are some common traits and qualities that are often associated with strong and meaningful relationships. Things like trustworthiness, loyalty, honesty, supportive, respect, good communication, shared interests, reliability, forgiveness, empathy, fun and laughter, longevity, dependability, unconditional love. These qualities aren't perfect, are are important, but no one is perfect. Even the, the best of friends have flaws, make mistakes. What matters most is that at Cornerstone Church, there is a mutual effort to maintain and nurture friendships over time. Friendships can evolve, friendships can change. We must adapt as needed to keep our bond strong. The real ones join a group, the real ones go after the one. I believe someone who has experienced true, genuine love from the Father has a desire to go after the one. When I was in middle school, the Lord wildly touched my heart. I felt the forgiveness of all my sins when I gave my life to Jesus I had never felt such tremendous love, forgiveness, joy welled up inside of my heart as a middle school boy. All the days that I had ever gone to school as a, as a student was, for me, my goal was to try to win, uh, to be the best, to destroy those who may be in my way. I probably have, I don't know, maybe you used to be like that too. especially as a boy, you know, the testosterone pumping through the veins. Fight anybody who dare challenge me. But when I gave my life to Jesus, in a moment, everything changed. My mind went to the student in the cafeteria who sat alone, and I wanted to sit next to them the next day at school. What a wonderful thing the Lord can do when he touches your heart. The real ones will go after the one. Let me read to you a scripture text today. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. It says as follows, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Groups, connect groups, they're designed to go after the one. Years ago, we gave out a challenge or maybe a decree saying, every group is going to set out an empty chair every time they meet. Make sure there's an empty chair in the circle every single time you come together. And that empty chair represents the one who isn't there. Because typically at a connect group, as you sit down and talk and pray and study and laugh, you think about one person you wish was there. And we told them, set out an empty chair, and every time you gather... Acknowledge it, pray for it, think of the person you want to be sitting in it, try to get them here next time we meet. I don't know, maybe, just maybe we should do that again. But a heart that says we need one more is a healthy heart. A heart that says we need one more is a loving heart. A heart that says we need one more with us is a balanced heart. A heart that says we need one more is a giving heart. With every group that meets, there's one person who I believe desires to be in that group. I want you to check out this video that we've prepared for you.
1: Just over two years ago, I became a widow and a single mother when my husband, Evan, passed away unexpectedly and suddenly. I was seven months pregnant with our daughter at the time and married almost seven years. Crazy enough. Um, I was just thrust into all the overwhelming feelings of what that entails and picking up the pieces and funeral planning and all the intense things that come with losing a loved one. And, um... I had a lot of questions and a lot of heartache and but I did choose in that moment to cling to the Lord first and foremost and I made up in my mind early on I got to take this serious I need to take this serious my response of how I respond in my grief and not only that but how can I honor the Lord in my healing and one way I feel like I did that and tackled it head on so to speak was saying yes to an invitation to grief share connect group and I'll be honest, I went I think maybe the first month or two after Evan had passed and I cried a lot. Maybe I didn't even say much. It was a little overwhelming, but I kept coming back. And it was something that drew me in was the community of people there. It was it was something so unique and special that you can't duplicate anywhere else. The fact that no matter how much time had passed since losing our loved one, that we were able to sit in the messiness of grief with each other, but also encourage one another to continue to hope in God, trust in God, and just continue to give him our heart and to heal well. So if you're looking for a group that knows how to grieve well and can also encourage you in your journey of healing with the Lord, I encourage you to come to Grief Share.
0: there's somebody out there who needs a group. I believe even right now there's people sitting here today right now who need a group. And and you've got to have sometimes guts to get in a group. You do. It takes a little bit of courage to go to a group for the first time. There's reasons why you, you got to go. There's a weakness. There's a lack. There's a struggle. And and to to, to say, hey, I need a group. You got to admit that there's something missing. There's something missing in my walk with the Lord. and And you got to say, hey, I'm going to go to a group. The real ones will go after the one. I also truly believe that the real ones desire community. Someone who has experience true, genuine love from God in their heart's desire community. They don't want to serve the Lord alone. They don't want to be the only Christian in their school. They don't want to be the only teacher who is a Christian. They don't want to be the only Christian in their workplace. They don't want to be the only Christian in their home. When you really, truly get touched by the Lord, you feel a bit alone. You look around. Who are my brothers and sisters in the Lord? Where is my community? Where is my group at? The real ones will desire a group, will desire community. The real ones will go after community. After graduating from Emory University as a top student and athlete, Christopher McKinless abandons his possessions, gives his entire $24,000 savings account to charity, and hitchhikes to Alaska to live in the wilderness alone. Christopher wanted to be alone. He felt dragged down by people. He lived in a bus in Alaska all alone. One day, while hiking out to get some supplies, he encountered a raging river that he could not cross. Christopher had a huge problem. He had to wait for the river to go down, but he was out of food. Desperate to live and eat, he ate what he thought were some good berries, but they were actually poisonous. He died from those berries all alone, In his bus. When they found his body, they also discovered our journal. And in that journal, he detailed his thoughts about life. He had realized that life is better with people. Life is not meant to be lived alone. He regrets leaving his family and friends, and he concludes by saying, I do not want to die alone. We were not created to be alone. We were created to be in a community. A community creates something in us, something for us. Things like accountability, safety, wise counsel, friendship, fun, and more. Let me read to you Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 12. It says, two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. There's your wise counsel. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. There's your accountability. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. There's your friendship. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Their safety. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The great, the great Solomon, I think Solomon who wrote Ecclesiastes, the son of King David, he's trying to tell you, hey, two is better than one, but I want to let you know here at the very end in verse 12, three is better than two. And I would even go on to say to you today, now that four is better than three. And five is better than four, and six is better than five, and seven is better than six, and a hundred is better than ninety-nine. If a hundred if wasn't better than ninety-nine, then why would Jesus tell the, the story of the shepherd going after the one, even though he had ninety-nine others? Because one hundred is better than ninety-nine. The bigger, the better. Heaven's doors are open to all who would say, Jesus, I believe in you, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus delays his return so that more can come in. It is a Jesus thing to say, I want more. I need more. I want to see more. I want to see that friend come to Jesus. I want to see that family member come to Jesus. I want to see that student give their life to Jesus. It is a God thing to say, we need one more. I will go after one more. We must fight for just one more. That's a God thing, church. Church. You see, we live in a day and age where it is easy to sin. Easier to sin now than it's ever been in the history of mankind. And I would convince you right now that being alone only multiplies the temptation to sin. We need a friend now more than ever. Proverbs 18, verse 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You won't have friends unless you make time for friends. Proverbs 17, verse 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 27, verse 9 says, oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Proverbs 27, verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. I want you to take a look at another video this morning. Another testimony. Check out the screens.
2: So a number of years ago, we were involved in a connect group. And at the time, we were witnessing to my mom and my stepdad, trying to get them to come to church. And he became very ill. And he passed away. And... Um, That connect group, they rallied around us. They just showed love. They brought food. They texted. They called. They were there for us. They came to the funeral home. Um, And not only were they there for us, but they were there for my mom. And someone she didn't know them yet. And uh, she came to me. She was so moved by that and said, Honey, your church just showed up and showed us so much love. And I said, Yeah, I know. She loved that, that showing of love, and she came, she started coming to church. She was saved not long after that. She got plugged into the church. She started serving in the nursery, and she's been, she's been here ever since. And it was all because of that gesture of love and connect groups.
0: You, you can make a difference just by showing love to those who need it most. And and not simply to those who are already in our community. There's people who need love who've never walked through our doors. And it's a gesture of love that that is extended to them that will bring them close. The real ones get in. Get in. The real ones get in. Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained Bitterly to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. I think about Levi, the tax collector, who decided to follow Jesus. I think about Levi's friends who decided to come to his house to eat with Jesus. I think about the, the, the religious leaders who were critical, who were mean, rude, abusive with their words towards Levi, towards his friends. I wonder if any of those friends of Levi, I wonder, or I wonder if Levi had second thoughts About joining Jesus, knowing the pressure from the religious leaders in his area. I wonder if he thought to himself, I probably shouldn't join this group. Some people don't join a group because they feel vulnerable and unsure about their life. Welcome to the club. Some people don't join a group because they don't feel valuable enough to be a part. Welcome to humanity. (laughs) Some people don't join a group because they feel like they don't need a group. Maybe thinking it's only for beginner Christians. Or they don't know if if they're going to fit in. Or they don't know a lot about the Bible. Or they might answer a a question wrong. They might be too busy. See, these are all excuses, and I would say today that every single one of us in here has an excuse not to join a group. But I want to say this to you, do it anyway. Uh, Do it anyway. I wonder if Levi, the tax collector, said to himself, I am not good enough to have a meal with Jesus or to follow him. I wonder if Levi felt like, I don't know enough of the scriptures to be a follower of Jesus. I wonder if Levi thought to himself, I I don't feel valuable enough to be a part of this group. I'm ashamed of my past. I'm ashamed that I I rejected my Jewish brothers and my family and my friends and I became a tax collector for the Romans, the enemy of the Jewish people. I don't feel valuable enough. I don't think I'm going to fit in. I don't think I'm going to fit in with this group. Man, I've got so many insecurities. i got so many doubts about myself. I bet Levi had all these thoughts, but I want to let you know, the real ones get in. And we all got these excuses and we all got these insecurities, but we do it anyway. We do it anyway. Check out this video.
3: As a Connect Group leader for our men's group, it is so fulfilling to see one of our guys grow and thrive in the Lord. And Jim Spence, he began attending Cornerstone, I would say, just over a year ago. And I remember during the Vision Sundays last year, he went to the Connect Corner, the the very first Sunday, to sign up for a Connect Group, but I'm pretty sure he signed up for both of our men's groups. And uh, then he came the next Sunday and signed up for starting point to become a member of the church. And then the next Sunday, he signed up to join a team. And Jim started attending our connect group, uh, our men's group, became a member of the church and started serving on the security team and helping with the keepers of the house ministry. And he has been a faithful and committed member of all of these, which is great. And at one of our meetings in the spring at Connect Group, Jim had mentioned that he felt that he let God and himself down by not getting up and giving his testimony when Pastor Luke called for them on one, one Wednesday night. So as a group that night, we encouraged him and we prayed with him and just prayed that God would give him the courage to get up Uh, There, even if it happened ever again, you know, you just never know if it's going to happen again. But, and wouldn't you know it, Pastor Luke gave the call at the next Wednesday service and Jim did it. He stood up, he read his testimony from the notes he made, and when he was finished, he received a standing ovation from the congregation. It was so awesome. He testified of his renewed love for God, his restored relationships with his family, his love for the church his love for the men at Connect Group, and his love to serve. It was so awesome to watch him stand up and proclaim what God has done over the course of just one year to the whole congregation. And when he was done, tears were flowing down my eyes. I was so proud of him. And at the end of service, guys from the Connect Group, we just huddled around him, gave big hugs and high fives. It was such an awesome moment. And the Lord has great things in store for him. And I can't wait to see what God does next in his life. And I just hope that this encourages maybe you who are out in the congregation to to just know that joining a connect group and joining the church, joining a team can be so fulfilling and it can change your life. And who knows, maybe next year this could be your testimony.
0: Friendship is a sheltering tree. Friendship will produce a large tree with fruit, shelter, shade, safety. Friendship will create a place for others to come and find a home. Friendship will create a place for others who are broken to come and learn how to be intimate and in turn start their own families and friendships. Friendship always has its thoughts on others and is never selfish. Genuine friends shelter us from the withering heat of criticism and the chilling effect of rejection. They warm us with their unconditional love and cool us with wise counsel in times of stress and aggravation. Their mere presence reflects the presence and comfort of God in times of loss and despair. And a friend's unflagging support encourages us to reach higher and go farther than we could ever have dreamed on our own. That's a quote from Dr. Ron Cottle. You see, the real ones know that your group matters. There's a basketball player. He's retired now, but his name is Robert Ory. Robert Ory got the nickname Big Shot Bob, and his performance against the Detroit Pistons is actually one of the sixty greatest playoff performances of all time. Robert Ory's clutch shooting led to the Spurs led the Spurs to victory and a three-two series win over the Pistons. He scored all of his points in the fourth quarter and overtime periods, including a three-point shot with 5.8 seconds left. Maybe some of you remember this and can't stand Robert Ory. I can't either. (laughs) But here's the thing about Robert Ory. Personally, he won zero finals MVPs. He had zero regular season MVPs but he had accumulated seven championship rings in his time playing in the NBA for the San Antonio Spurs. Robert Ory joined the right group. Your, your group matters. You might not have all the necessary skills to be a solo champion. Nobody does, I would say. Even the greatest golfer has a coach. The greatest tennis player has a coach. The greatest wrestler has a coach. You cannot be a champion alone. Your group matters. I think of Philip, one of the, disciples, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. Listen to his group. And it's not accident, an accident that he became one of the 12 disciples. Philip is a disciple from the city of Bethsaida. He was connected with Andrew and Peter, who were from the same town. He also was among those who were surrounding John the Baptist when John the Baptist first pointed out Jesus as the Lamb of God. It was Philip who first introduced Nathanael to Jesus, and then Nathanael became one of the 12 disciples. Philip was among those attending even the wedding at Cana when Jesus churned water into wine. See, Philip happened to be surrounded constantly by the right people. He was constantly finding himself with the right group in the right place, doing the right things at the right time. The group that you surround yourself with matters. I believe Philip constantly showing up at the right place at the right time was not an accident. But it was his purposeful decisions to say, I've got to be where the spirit of the Lord is. I've got to be with John the Baptist. I've got to be with Simon and Peter. I've got to get to that wedding at Cana because I heard Jesus is going to be there. It's not an accident that Philip has found himself to be one of the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. You could see it in his heart. He longed to be in the best group. And I believe, like Philip like a Robert Ori, like ourselves today, just a weak person who can't do much on his own, find yourself in the right group, in the right place, doing the right thing, you'll sink the shot at the end to win the game. You'll find yourself proclaiming Jesus Christ at the end, surrounded with the strong group of Christians. You'll find yourself at the end in front of Jesus, and Jesus telling you, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen, church? your group, matters. Then there's Judas Iscariot. He's seen connected with religious leaders. He's seen being paid 30 pieces of silver in the quiet of the evening with a small group of Pharisees to give up Jesus. His group, the Pharisees, influenced him with money to betray Jesus. Friends, your group matters. Let me pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I know today, without a doubt, that there's people in this room who have yet to join a group. If they have an excuse, they have a reason. I understand that. But Holy Spirit, begin to move upon them begin to move upon their heart to realize that no matter what excuse they have, they're not above being in a group. Jesus, you gathered groups. You had small groups. You had large groups. You broke groups down at times when you fed them with fish and bread. You're pro-group, Jesus. You're pro-group. I just pray right now that you begin to move in this place upon the hearts of many to say, it's time for me to join a group. It's time for me to get involved. It's time for me to serve. It's time for me to be in this place and to be in a group. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just begin to say, yes, Jesus. I will listen to your still small voice. I will obey what you want from my life. I was reading my Bible this morning. You can lift up your heads. And I came across the parable of the fig tree. And the farmer planted a tree and it grew up. And he went to the tree three years later to pull figs off of it. And there was no figs. And he went back again and he went back again year after year. And no matter how often he waited for figs to grow on the tree, the tree never had figs. And so the, the farmer said, cut down the tree, throw it into the fire. But one of the workers said, oh, no, no, no. Give, give me one more year. Give me one more chance. I'll, I'll, I'll dig up the roots. I'm going to get some fertilizer down in there. I'm going I'm to really give this tree special attention. And if you come back Another another year, and it still has no fruit. Then then you can throw it away. But just give me one more chance. I feel like that's what's happening today. You're you're gonna get one more chance to to bear fruit. You're gonna you got another this year. Just in the in the the workers just say, oh no no no, don't don't cut the tree down yet. Don't cut the tree down yet, God. We're gonna we're gonna go one, we got another shot here this year to bear some fruit, to join a group, to join the church, to join a team, to, to become a part of the family of God. This is another year. And and, and the, the patience of God is amazing. Okay, he says, I'll give you another year. And that's what he's doing with us. I'm going to give you another opportunity. I'm going to give you another shot. So let me encourage you. In your bulletin today, there is that insert. You fill that insert out. And we got something called the Connect Corner. It's over here. We're going to have this Connect Corner out here for the next three Sundays. It's all your information. If you want to connect to a group, you're going to go to that corner. corner. When you want to join the church, you're going to go to that Connect Corner. When you want to join a team, you're going to go to that Connect Corner. And at the Connect Corner today, we've got small group leaders, of all ages and all types and all uh, uh, happenings. And some of them are standing out there. They got all the answers to all your questions. We've got magazines and, and brochures, and we've got a lot of information for you about joining a group. You need a group. Your group matters. The real ones, join a group. Oh, Jesus, we pray right now. We got another year ahead of us. Lord God, let's not do it alone. Lord, let's not do this next year alone. Let's let's begin to develop relationships. Let's begin to develop uh, accountability, wise counsel, fun, and friendship. Let's begin to develop safety. Let's begin to to surround ourselves with the right group. And everybody said, "Amen." Before you dismiss, before you dismiss. I-